Hi, welcome to the message in the mess. Today is Saturday, August 12th. I hope you guys are having a good day. I hope you're finding something to smile about. And I hope you remember your enoughness is enough. This past week on my Facebook page, I asked for some topics for my podcast and I I got quite a few. So today I figured I would pick some of those topics and I would speak about them. I've also learned I'm asking for you guys to listen to my podcast. So my goal is going to be for a while to keep it around 20 minutes because I know if I go longer than that, I'm asking a lot. I'm asking you guys to give up something you can never get back and that's your time. So in 20 minutes or less, I am going to try my best to give you takeaways to help you in your healing journey or maybe help you help others. So these are what some of my followers wanted me to speak about. Narcissistic relationships. And in those, somebody who uses possessions as leverage anxiety, and how to calm yourself in toxic situations. How to not take everything personally. Why do people, when looking for a partner, always seem to focus on finding something wrong with the other person? How to step outside of a mentally abusive relationship to take care of a loved one. So this is the one I'm going to start with. As our parents are getting older, and this is, I'm, I'm 52. We grew up in a time where we would take care of our parents as they got older. Like that's what we were taught to do. It's very difficult to have to care for an abusive parent because you're walking back into that abuse. For me, I feel like I am working on my boundaries. I have great boundaries, not great, semi-great. When dealing with my parents, And I've also learned that my parents can have an opinion of me, but it's that. It's an opinion of me. And more so, I have to speak about my dad because my mom and I have a pretty good relationship. I'm I'm very blessed to have the relationship I have with my mom. And I do tell people, in my humble opinion, everything that's right in this world reminds me of my mom. Because my mom is that person who always tries to leave people better than she found them. My dad and I have had this on again, off again relationship. Even though I talk to him a lot during the week, we don't talk, it's very surfacey. We don't talk about feelings. And you know me, I'm super feely. So we just don't cover those things. And my dad had gotten sick. And it put me back into a position of feeling like I felt when I was younger, that I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't 
helping enough, like my enoughness wasn't enough. And I think for a lot of people who are out there now that have to help their parents and their parents were either verbally abusive to them, emotionally abusive, they get stuck because here they are going back into it. So our part of that is we have to heal our wounds and make a conscious decision whether or not we are going to step back into that role with an abusive family member. And it's not always easy. The next one is why do people, when looking for a partner, always seem to focus on finding something wrong with the other person? To be honest, I think it's the type of people that you may be looking for. And there are a lot of people out there that don't look for the good in people. They'd rather nitpick. Oh, he's not tall enough. She's too pudgy. Uh, He doesn't make enough money. She doesn't keep her car clean. You see what I'm saying? Like there's all these little minute things we can pick apart about somebody. But in the end, what I try to look for is, is this person going to show up for me? Is this person going to be able to validate me? And are we going to be a team? And again, if you're around somebody and it always seems like they're trying to fault find with you, That is them speaking volumes about how they feel about themselves. You may want to point that out to the person that you are dating or talking to. And it can be something as simple as, I'm not sure you mean to be doing this, but I really feel like you're trying to fault find with me. And then let them answer the question because maybe they don't even know they're doing it. And here is the thing, and this is what I'm learning the older I get. I grew up in a certain household. I saw certain things. And to me, those are normal things. So if by chance you grew up in a highly dysfunctional family or an abusive family, and you witness those things, what if that's all you know? What if all you ever saw was your mom being overcritical of your father? And now you're in a marriage and your husband's walking around feeling like he can't do anything right because you're overly criticizing everything he does. And you do that because you don't know any better. And it could be just not even being a spouse, but in a relationship. So if you're in a relationship and your person comes to you and says, hey, you know, you're talking down to me. Stop for a second and really listen. Because is it possible that you grew up and that's all you know? 
That's all you've ever seen. And one of my favorite sayings, as you guys know, is when you know better, you can do better. And if you are always looking at the cup half full, you can change that. It's a decision and it takes work. How to not take everything personally. I struggle with this a lot. And I've learned for me, when I start taking something personally, I have to take I have to take it, I have to look at it and ask myself, what do I need to work on within me that's triggering me with this person? What did I go through in my life that this person is mirroring back to me? And most of the time when you take things personally, it's almost a fear Just let that sink in for a second. It could be a fear of not being accepted, not being heard, not being liked. Or really feeling like you're inadequate in a certain area. People always say, oh, don't listen to what people say. Don't take things personally. Don't, you know, I don't care if people like me or don't like me. To me, that's that's just not true because I do care if people like me. And, and I try really hard not to take things personally, but there are some things I do and I know I have to work on them. When I moved back to the town I'm living in now, I really focused on being like neat and tidy and keeping a good house because I didn't always do that. So when I moved in with my husband, he is, he's very neat. He's very organized except for his office desk. That is not, but everything else has a a place. And I struggle with that. It is so hard for me. My my slogan for 2023 is 2023, put things back where they go. I'm going to tell you, I am struggling with that. 2023, I lost my wedding ring and I have yet to find it. And I keep thinking to myself, I am sure it's going to turn up. The truth is it's probably not. And the story behind how I lost my ring, I just get mad at myself that I even had my ring with me where I went. Like I should have left it home and just wore a wedding band, not my ring. But my husband likes the house nice and tidy. And I have this tendency to clutter. Like, um, we have a bar in our kitchen. That's my office space. Uh, our dresser gets a lot of stuff on it. So instead of my husband criticizing, he will just look now and I know he, it's too much for him. 
So out of respect for him, I will clean it off because that's, that's my issue to work on. And he shouldn't have to move stuff around to get, to get into his sock drawer, you know, get, get his shirts out. It's a respect thing. And I do try hard to work on that and to pick up after myself, which I think is always going to be like work in progress for me. I think I'm always going to struggle with that a little bit. The next one is anxiety and how to calm yourself in toxic situations. So I suffer from PTSD. And when I start to feel anxious, there's a whole process for me. And I try to keep it when I see, when I feel myself climbing with my anxiety, I give it numbers. I'm sitting at a two, I'm sitting at a four, I'm sitting at an eight. When I get to a ton, it's very scary for me. And to be honest with you, I, I, my chest gets tight. I, I start to panic because it's not going away. So I have had to learn how to attempt to bring myself down. And I'm going to share this with you guys. So if you're in a toxic situation, first and foremost, my first advice to you is if you can get yourself out of it. So if that means you need to excuse yourself from a table, excuse yourself from an office, whatever you need to do to get yourself away from the toxicity, do that. I am always carrying around crystals or rocks and I, I will rub them. I will close my eyes and I will feel the texture of them and start to breathe. And I will ask God to come in and calm my heart. And it's like something like this, God, I can't get my anxiety to stop. Please step in here and calm my heart. Sometimes I'll go outside, take my shoes off and stare at the sky because that puts me in the here, right here, right now. And it's something called grounding. It's where you're in nature and you're your body knows that and feels that. If you've never looked it up, get on Google, get on the internet and look up grounding to help with anxiety, grounding to help with depression. I like to, when when life's getting too hard, I, I love it when my husband will say, we're gonna take you up to the trees because that means I'm gonna have some downtime and I do, I do go hug the trees. If my anxiety gets over a five, depending if, if it's, well, and I've done it in the middle of the night, I will let my husband know that I'm not in a good headspace. And sometimes I will let a family member know so that they know I'm not okay and I need help. I need somebody to talk to me, walk me through where my anxiety is coming from until I can breathe it out. And, and and feel that calm come over me. Um, I've also had a friend of mine give me essential oils and those do help. I, I will tell you guys, if you're going to try essential oils, smell them first before they, before you put them on you, 
because sometimes it, it, it'll it say calm on there, but you put it on and it does something to you that doesn't calm you. So I've had to practice with those things. One of them was finding the right career. I have thought about this one for a good long minute. I'm not sure that you ever find the right career. I think you can create one. I think you can find a place to work, find your own way to bring something new to the table and create an environment that you can thrive in. And that's not for everybody, but that's, I I just did that. I was not sure I was ever going to be able to go work in an office environment again because I had had a traumatic experience the last time I worked in an office environment. And when I say mean girls still thrive, they do. I'm telling you. <laughs> but I'm thriving where I'm at. And I do take it one day at a time. And there's sometimes it there's a hustle and bustle going on. And I have to... And I do. I grab a crystal and I walk around with it till I feel calm again. And back in the game I go. So as far as finding the right career, one, find something you are very passionate about. And two, if you can find a place to work and create a passion about what you do, go for it. And the last is narcissistic relationships, someone who uses possessions as leverage. That's scary. And that makes my heart sad. To start out with, I'm going to tell you some narcissistic traits in case you don't know what they are. And again, you can Google if you Google or whatever you use your platform. And just put narcissistic traits. They are never ending. But these are the ones that stood out to me the most. Entitled. Money driven. Arrogant. Lacks empathy. Must always come first. Over critical. Fault finding. Goes out of their way to be cruel. Let that just sink in. There are people out there that knowingly do this to other people. The why of it, I am never going to know unless it's something to the effect of they grew up seeing it. So that's all they know. Or they're abusive people. And their one intent is to take you down. Marriages where one of the partners stays home and the other partner uses that fact over their head, that's a form of abuse, guys. You should never have to worry going to your spouse and saying, hey, I'd like to go to lunch with my friend you know, could I have some cash or having funds accessible so you can leave the house? If you are in a situation that is like that, 
I hope you can get yourself out. And my first line of advice to you is get in to see a therapist and tell them what you're going through. And they will be able to give you guidance and help to get you out of that situation. And I know when you are in a relationship and there's a breadwinner and a non-breadwinner, nowadays you don't really find that. It's, it's almost like both people have to work just so you can survive and maybe have something for retirement. But if you are in one of these situations, you can, if, if, if you are able to, there's a lot of work from home jobs and you can do part-time data entry, answering phones, that will give you some of your self-esteem back. So this ties into last week's podcast, right? Your self your self-esteem and your self-worth. When you have to depend on somebody else for everything and they withhold those things from you, you start to lose your self-esteem and your self-worth. And again, there is financial abuse. And and you can see it in a lot of different there's there's been cases lately that I've been seeing um, on the news about that. And it's sad to watch because here are these people who decided to stay home, raise the family, do the cooking, do the cleaning, do all of those things. And they had a spouse that went to work and now they're stuck and they go to leave and they're told you can't leave. If you do, you'll never amount to anything um, you're going to walk away with nothing, which depending on what state you live in and how long you've been married, that's just not true. And I am sorry if you gave up your dream to stay at home and take care of the family and be a caregiver. You're deserving of, of financial support. You're deserving of that. So as far as narcissists go, most of them do not change and they know what they're doing and it's a form of evil I've experienced in my lifetime. Can you heal from it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely you can. Sometimes I tell people that yes i yes i've been damaged yes i have a lot of baggage but the one thing i know is you can heal from traumas you can heal from life experiences you have to give yourself the time and the space to do so and you have to do the work like i am not the greatest fan of journaling but i journal to get my feelings out of my head I'm not the biggest fan of therapy, but therapy works. Sometimes you just need to find your resources. So if you are listening to this 
and you are in a situation and you feel like you do not have any resources, please reach out to me. Please reach out to me and I will find you resources. And if you are in an abusive relationship and somebody is causing you harm, please, please call 911, call the police and get out. Nobody has the right to harm you. Nobody. So we're getting ready to wind up the podcast. I'm thankful for you. I hope today I've helped some of you. And for those of you that hear this that are not following my Facebook page, it's actually a group. It's called The Message in the Mess. Find me. Every day, I try to write something uplifting or truthful to help people heal. Honestly, my goal in this life is to leave this world better than I found it. I hope you're all having a great weekend. Again, for those of you that have to work, thank you for whatever it is you are doing. And if you're hurting right now, I hope you know There are resources for you. You just have to look for them. And if you're having problems finding them, please feel free to reach out to me. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day.